Chapter 12, The Fox. Luke 13, 32. He replied, go tell that fox. I will drive out demons and heal people today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I will reach my goal. Jesus will one day be King of Kings and Lord of Lords. But when he came as the Messiah, he never held political office. And let's just say this. Politics and Jesus are a weird mix. Sometimes people sprinkle the name of Jesus into political parties, policies, and ideologies that have absolutely nothing to do with him or his heart. Some of the most amoral, dehumanizing, and evil things throughout history have been done by people who called themselves Christians or evangelicals, and they even did these things in his name somehow. People have even unbelievably misused the Bible to defend and sanction slavery, racism, cruel criminal justice practices, systemic inequality, systemic poverty, and the abuse and mistreatment of women, immigrants, and the LGBTQ community. Jesus is against all of that, and he will not be used. Jesus preached and lived a life of love for the downtrodden and the outcast, and he taught his followers to care and live as he did. When he was in the womb, his mother Mary sang a song about the elevation of the poor and an unjust world turned upside down. Jesus preached from the scroll of Isaiah, telling everyone he had come to free the oppressed. He loved and served the people everyone else ignored and told his followers to do the same. When people who claim to know Jesus tell us that he is somehow a symbol for those who hate others and intentionally hold them down and push them out, we should reject that kind of Christianity wholesale. Jesus didn't campaign for Christian family values, and he did not mount up for a holy war against culture, the sinners, and their so-called agenda. On the contrary, Jesus loved sinners, and they liked him back just fine. He hung out with them. He went to their parties. He knew their names. The king of kings cared about justice, but he didn't fix the economy, balance budgets, restore the environment, or end all of the poverty, hunger, and injustice. Jesus didn't even heal everyone in his hometown, and the people he did heal wound up dying of something else eventually. In short, Jesus didn't set up heaven on earth in the here and now. He will eventually make everything right. He will mend everything that is torn, broken, and wrong. He will one day undo injustice, unravel disease, restore the peace of nations, and usher in a new and perfect world. When he came the first time, he was doing something else. You see, these issues are merely the symptoms of the world's problem not the heart of the sickness itself. Policies and actions that seek to reverse these symptoms are good and noble and worth fighting for, and all true believers should give their lives to fighting for those he loves. But these will not fully work until Jesus makes the world completely new. When he came, our Lord cared about and fought for healing, life, and restoration, but his goal was to target the heart of the matter. 
His aim was eventually make everything right by going back to the moment everything went wrong and dealing with the sickness. Our world is not broken because there is poverty. There's poverty because our world is broken. It's not hurting because there are natural disasters and plague. We're not just the victims of disease and famine. The problem is not simply war, slavery, or greed. The real problem that lies at the heart of everything we need to fix is the issue of sin. The sin of man broke the world. The rebellious heart of Adam that has been inherited by every human after him is the root cause of all this world's pain and suffering. Our sin undid the natural glory of the creative physical world and then polluted the minds, affections, and instincts of every person who has ever lived. The sin of man issued death into an eternal race. Love grew cold. Fear woke up. Hate was planted. Selfishness flourished. Jealousy flowered. Factions were born. Violence erupted. And God was forgotten or else replaced with self. The world is full of problems that need to be fixed. And working on those fixes is holy and important work. But every single one of these problems came from the sin of man. For Jesus to fix his broken world, he would have to deal with the root problem, the true sickness. Jesus came to do battle with sin. That's why the pages of prophecy are filled with references to this one who would come and sacrifice himself. That's why Isaiah spoke of the servant of the Lord who would come to suffer in the place of sinners. That's why the psalmist wrote about one who would come to do what burnt offerings could never do. This one would come to do God's will. That was the whole reason the people of Israel spent centuries rehearsing the pageantry of animal sacrifices in the temple. All of this was pointing to the plan God made in the very beginning. And Jesus always knew that he would be the one, the servant of the Lord, who would execute this plan. Jesus was born to die. The entire Old Testament was the buildup to that most critical moment of all history. The cross wasn't something that happened to Jesus. It was his goal all along. That's why it's so interesting to read what Luke tells us at the end of chapter 13. Some of the religious leadership must have been sympathetic to Jesus because they found him and told him that he should get out of the area quickly since Herod was trying to twist the wheels of the system to have Jesus killed. Herod was a cunning and dangerous man, given to violent whims and outrageous promises. He had ordered murders before, and no doubt he would do it again. He was sly and unpredictable. If you found out that a corrupt and treacherous political machine was making plans to get rid of you, no doubt you would get out of town as quickly as possible. But Jesus didn't. He said, go tell that fox. I will drive out demons today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I will reach my goal. Jesus wasn't running away from danger. He was plunging headlong into the fray. He wasn't afraid of what political power can do. In fact, the truth was that every single molecule in motion was in Jesus's hands. 
Herod might be crafty, slick, and vicious, but he wasn't running the show. Jesus was in control. The religious leaders wanted Jesus dead, and they were making plans. Herod wanted Jesus dead, and he was making plans. Pilate would eventually order the death of Jesus under the illusion of power. But although these people planned and acted, Jesus was the one calling the shots. On the third day, I will reach my goal, Jesus said. The cross was his goal. Death on a cross to take our place was his plan. Everything we do to make this world a more loving, just place is good and right and necessary. But Jesus had to go deeper. Jesus was doing what no one else could. He was attacking the root of the problem so that he could mend the whole world. He was going after the sin of man and nothing in this world could stand in his way. He would not be threatened, deterred, or discouraged from carrying out the plan. Nothing would stop him from doing everything it would take to get you back whole healed, and fully his. For more on this, get to a quiet place and read Luke 13, 31 through 33, and Psalm 40, 6 through 8. How did the schemes of man affect the plan of Jesus? Why didn't Jesus take over government and fix the world that way? Why did he pay with his life? And how does that make you feel? (laughs) 